Good morning. Hey, before we go any further, can we give our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ just the greatest round of applause this morning? Amen. Come on, somebody. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. He's done so much for all of us in our lives and we have so much to be thankful for. Before I jump into the message, you know, I love the fall time. It's a great time. I don't like the winter. Uh, not so much of that. I told Andrea uh, a couple weeks ago, I was like, you know, when we retire, if that ever happens, right? Um, we need to be like snowbirds. You know, what are they? They go away to Florida during the winter time, come back when it's nice, all that good stuff. Some of you who do that, we're extremely jealous of you. And uh, just so you know, okay. But anyway, um, man, I woke up this morning, walked outside to my truck to get here for the big early service. All right. And uh, man, I was, woo. Ooh, a little chill in the air. You know, I like that. Felt a little breeze, felt refreshing, you know, all that good stuff. And something hit me. Oh, wait a minute. So we're through the month of July. We're almost done August. What's that mean? First Wednesdays. All right. I absolutely love first Wednesdays. Why? Free food. Everybody say free food. All right, come, come by here this Wednesday. It's a drive-through. I think we got like Woody's Barbecue, uh, the Village's uh, coleslaw, and then all your wonderfully homemade desserts. And it's all COVID-free. I didn't say calorie-free. I said COVID-free. All right, so come by, drive-through, pick it up, and uh, enjoy that free, free, free meal. Okay, you can't go wrong. Hey, listen, we just finished last week a sermon series called I'm Certain, I Think. Um, and so, you know, obviously I was in prayer uh, trying to figure out like what, what God, where, where do you want us to go? Like, what's the next direction? What is it you, you want? And here in my mind, I'm like scatterbrained. Like my mind's constantly jumping from one thing to another. Anybody else like that? Yeah, thank you. Amen. All right. That's a special calling on our lives. Okay. <laughs> Uh, don't let that be a negative. Let's look at that as a positive, okay? But um, I was like, you know what? I, I don't feel a central theme here. I feel like some just bunch of random messages. And what does that mean? For a little while now, you're gonna get some random messages, all right? And uh, they're not necessarily themed together other than Jesus Christ, the gospel message centered, obviously. But um, as far as the topic on it today, we're going to look at one called starting over. Have you ever like gone through life and been like, man, I just wish I could start over again. Something, you know, here I'm 42. I wish I knew everything about financial stuff when I was 16. What I know now. I wouldn't be standing here. No, I'm just kidding. God's calling still in my life. I can't get away from that one. But you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, man, there's some things if I could have just, how about some decisions? Anybody ever made some really poor decisions, really bad consequence? And if you knew back then what you knew now, you would have done everything over, right? Yeah, obviously we all would. So that's what we're talking about. We're talking about starting over. You know, sometimes in life, what happens is within our faith is we go through seasons of drought. We go through slow times. We go through times where like, I'm not really feeling God. You know, we go through times when, you know, it's stagnant. Things just aren't moving. I'm not feeling it. You know, prayer time, what? You know, getting into God's word, here we go. You know, I'm sorry, you're much holier than me, okay? But those times do happen. You know, Jesus himself had to look back at an event in his life that gave him a lot of encouragement. So we're gonna look at an obscure scripture here in John chapter 10, uh, looking at verses 40 through 42, and this is how the scripture reads. Then Jesus went back. Everybody say went back. He went back across the Jordan to the place where John had been baptizing in the early days. There he stayed and many people came to him and they said, though John never performed a sign, 
All that John said about this man was true. And in that place, many believed in Jesus. Now, there are many verses within the Gospels that give a little context, but yet move you to a, 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 a different topic or in another direction. We call those transitional verses. All right. So there, there's not much meaning in them other than the fact they're taking you from point A to point B. Are you following me here? A lot of times we can look at, especially like a, a scripture like this in the first part of it, where it says, then Jesus went back across the Jordan. Well, there's no real specific meaning there. There's not a whole lot of, you know, woo, glory, hallelujah moment there. But what it is, it's extremely power packed. It's not just something that's transitional, but it's something that I believe is going to be extremely impactful for you in your life. So what we are reading it's not just a transitional verse, but again, it's going to be something that's going to be powerful and have meaning. And we're going to impact that. Now, here, here I am, Andrew and I, we next Sunday, guys, 12 years being married. Yes. It's the greatest 12 years of her entire life. You know, I mean, she's just she feels so blessed. <laughs> Anyway, so listen to this, listen to this, right? Um, is anybody ever prone to losing stuff? Okay, cool, cool. We're in the same, we're in the same uh, category. So I lose things sometimes. And my mind is this way. If I know that I've lost it, I must find it before I go to the next thing. Panic sets in. Anybody like that? There's a few of us, okay. Or even holier, okay? Just so you know. So panic sets in. So here's what I do. Oh my goodness, I can't find it. I'm blaming the kids. I'm blaming the kids right back on it. They have touched it, they have moved it, and they knew they shouldn't have done it. And then I go, okay, well, maybe it wasn't, maybe it was me. Where did I put it? Where did I put it? You know what? Okay, I know who's got the answer. Andrew's got the answer. So Andrew, I can't find this. Help me find it. She doesn't go and find it for me. She goes, did you look at the corner of our bed on the bottom on the left side? It's probably there. Absolutely. I have looked there a hundred times. Go look again. I go to the bed. I go to the left side, corner, under the floor. Boom. There it is. Every single time almost, right? Sometimes in life, we lose things. And it's extremely detrimental to us. We, we get panicky, we get worried. And then there's also times where we lose things and we just don't care. We don't even realize that we've lost them and it becomes like a gradual process. I think what God is gonna do in this message for you today is bring some remembrance to you of things that God has done in your life. Because listen, we're a room full of testimony. We're a room full of power pack, God moving the mountains moments but yet we so easily forget these times. But you know, in the Old Testament, what they used to do is when they would go through seasons and, and where God just fully blessed them and did tremendous things, they built altars. Those altars were set for a reason so that when they went by them, what did they do? Oh, I remember what God did. And what does that do for us? Remembering what God did. It propels us with a hope in a future that we know that God is just simply not done. Now, here we go. Typically when we lose things, if we would just retrace our steps, what does that mean? Go back, look back, retrace our steps. What will you normally do? You will find exactly what it is you've lost. There's many of us in this room today, we've lost focus or we have lost joy. You uh, once loved the things of God, but now you kind of are just going through the motions. 
For some of you, you lost assurance in trusting God's plan. You've, you know, things are taking a little bit longer than what you anticipated or want. And now you're wondering whether or not God is even really involved or that he cares. Um, for many, it's we've lost our passion. We used to be the front row at the beginning. We were the beginning of the pack, but now you're simply navigating through your emotions. Sometimes we lose a little bit of our faith. Again, not noticing it right away, but gradual losses until we get to the spot where we're in a very desperate season. And when we get there, we go through a lot of guilt. We go through a lot of shame when we're not spiritually passionate like we once were. And so what do we do when it's time to go before God and in, in, in our devotions and reading it? We just don't feel like reading it. We don't feel like it. We don't feel like praying. So what do we do? We make ourselves to do it. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to make myself doing it. And then while we're doing it, we feel guilty that we're making ourselves do it. And so then what sets in shame and frustration and guilt? Why? Because now we feel guilty that we're feeling guilty of reading God's word and making ourselves read God's word. And we're remembering all that Jesus Christ did for us by dying on the cross. And so again, more shame, more letdown kind of creeps in to our lives. Now, this guilt, I believe, could very well be the very thing that compels you not to move closer to God. Instead, we try to do things like we try to fix it ourselves. We try to fix the passion. So what do we do? Some people, they, they'll, they'll just fake it the rest of their lives. Well, that's a miserable Christian. Is that even possible? Think about that. You know, I think Jesus here in this passage of scripture that we read potentially could have went through a season where, because we know this, he was what, fully divine, but he was also fully man. He went through the same emotions that we go through. He feels the same things that we have felt. And before on that scripture of John chapter 10, verse 40, there's a, a scripture in verse 39, which I'm not gonna read yet, but we're gonna get there in just a little bit. And you're gonna be able to see uh, possibly why Jesus might have felt there was a need to go back to where everything needed to start over or go back to where it once was. Now, when we read in the Gospels, we read a lot of great things, a lot of great miracles, a lot of great happenings. Jesus, you know, you know, moving mountains, so to speak, in people's lives, healing the sick, the lame can walk, the blind can see, water to wine, all these wonderful things, loaves and fishes and all kinds of stuff. But what I want to point out to you here in the first 10 chapters of John and, and, and a couple instances here where things just weren't laid out so pretty for Jesus. John chapter two, um, his teachers wanted a, a sign for who he is. In other words, his word's not good enough. John four, just his uh, disciples questioned his decision with engaging the woman at the well. John chapter five, there was rumors swirling and floating around from religious leaders who wanted to kill Jesus and Herod kills his ministry partner, cousin John. John chapter six, neighbors dismiss him as a common carpenter's son and multitudes desert him. John chapter seven, he has siblings who reject him and the leaders call him a deceiver. You gotta love family, don't you? Mm, ain't nothing like family. John chapter eight, the elders tried to trap him and label him a liar. 
John chapter 9, his peers insult him. They discredit everything good that he has done. John chapter 10, respected voices call him demon possessed and try to stone him. And listen, that's just the first 10 chapters of the book of John. There's actually 21 of them. So Jesus faced rejection, disappointment, loneliness. So could it be possible that even Jesus is feeling human right now in that scripture that we read and having a moment where maybe his passion was slipping? We know this, Jesus never quit. He never quit. He knew that there was still a purpose that was in process. Now, we can go through those rejections. We can go through those times of of just feeling disconnected from God. And what I want you to be encouraged is this. If you're still living and breathing, God still has purpose for you. Let let me repeat that. That should have been amen, right? If you're still living and breathing, God still has purpose for your life. He is not done with you. He's got a future. He's got a bright future ahead. He's got things that you need to do and to accomplish. And he's chosen, watch this, he's chosen you. He's, you, you know, like back in school, you had kickball. You know, you had your team captains. And you, if you were chosen first, you're like, yeah, that's right, yeah. I chose him first. That's how God sees you. He has chosen you specifically for a job to accomplish his perfect will. God has a destiny for your life. Now, we also knew this about Jesus. He, who ha- he knew how to find what may have been lost. Now, Jesus had a job, t- or a job title. Jesus had a title while here on earth, and that was rabbi. What does that really mean? He was an expert within the Old Testament. Now, the Old Testament, God knew people would struggle in their faith, losing their passion, losing their zeal. So he gives them intentional steps, discipline, to regain that faith. And that practice is called remembering. Remembering, this is what it is. It's an intentional act of remembering God's goodness in your past with the knowledge that it would spark your interest in your future. For example, we have the Israelites. They lost the fight with end to continue to fight, to continue to move on. So Moses said this in Deuteronomy chapter seven, verse 18. It says, but do not be afraid of them. What does it say? Remember well what the Lord your God did to Pharaoh and to all of Egypt. What do we need to do? We need to step back for a minute sometimes in life and just remember all that God has done. Now we say this all the time. Let's not live in the past. I agree. You're not labeled. You're not defined by what your past was. Know that. But I do believe there's a reason why we remember the past. And that is simply to encourage us of all that God has done in our lives and knowing that he's going to do even greater things in our future. In other words, what? He's not done with you. It is not finished in your life. Now, let's look at another scripture. In Psalm 42, 6, the psalmist here I kind of lost some joy. So this is what it says. My soul is downcast. We could say that a lot right now. Can we just stop there for a second? Let's look at, let's, let's, let's take a moment here and just briefly have a glimpse of the reality of the situation where we live at today. We live in a time that is extremely trying, extremely chaotic, lots of despair, 
much downcast, so much unrest. But listen to what the psalmist said. Therefore, I will what? Remember you from the land of the Jordan, the heights of Hermon, from Mount Mizar. In other words, what? I remember what you have done. I'm not going to allow my surroundings and my circumstance to actually define everything, define my future. I, I remember, God, what you've done and you're not done because I still have breath in my lungs. Therefore, there is still purpose that you have for me. Revelation chapter two, Jesus um, speaking to the uh, church of Ephesus here because they had grown weaning and the, their passion for God had become compromised. He says this, yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. In other words, what? You have forgotten. It moves on to say, consider or remember how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. So potentially here, when Jesus feels rejected or worn or feeling perhaps lonely, he decides to revisit the very place where John had baptized him. That's what's happening here in the context of this scripture. This was no small step for Jesus at this moment. If you were to look on the map as to where Jesus was at this time compared to where his baptism took place where John was doing the baptizing, it was a, a great distance away. So it just wasn't, oh, just let me mosey on over here and take a quick visit. No, he, he had to, he, listen, he dropped everything. He dropped all of his teaching engagements. No miracles are happening in that journey. He had a focus and that focus was this, I'm getting back to there. I need to get back to that spot. Jesus understood this, forgetting happens naturally, but remembering is intentional. It's intentional. Listen, there are times where I have to quiet everything down in the house. You know, people ask me a lot, why do you get up so early? Because it's quiet. See them guys, it's quiet, <laughs> right? I need that moment, I need that quiet. I need those moments where the TV is shut down. The PlayStation is turned off. Everyone else is sleeping. I even have my YouTube off. I love YouTube. Anybody like YouTube? Whew, I'm addicted to YouTube, man. I find, I can find anything. I can, I, I'm gonna learn how to fix stuff because of YouTube. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes we need to take time and, and, and really peel ourselves away from the noise of the world that we live in. And listen, you have noise in your world, but we need to peel ourselves away from these things and have some, some quiet time with God and say, Lord, you know what? Allow your Holy Spirit to speak in to my situation right now. And Jesus is doing this in this moment in scripture. He actually went to a place where he was able to remember. Jesus goes back to the baptism, to the baptism pool in that moment. How about this? What, what is a place for remembrance of you where God did something significant in your life? Maybe it was a youth group service or a church gathering like we're in right now. I don't know what it was. Maybe it was in a hospital bed or, or maybe it was, you know, amongst uh, you were going through a really difficult problem, a season in your life. And you have a close friend who just, you, you know how you have that friend that just won't shut up about Jesus. Okay. Maybe y'all don't. I'm your friend then. Okay. <laughs> y'all need some new friends. All right. And, and you remember what it made an impact. It helped you through a trial or a troubled time in life. Watch this. Matthew chapter three, 
Verses 16 through 17 says, as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water at that moment. Heaven was opened. He saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and enlightening on him. And a voice from heaven said, watch this. This is my son whom I love with him. I am well pleased. What happened in this moment? Jesus was affirmed. His identity was founded. His ministry was lost. It's where everything began for Jesus. When Jesus walked into this area, all of a sudden, hearing that water move or the aroma that was around, it brings everything back to remembrance, remembering what God had done so that it could strengthen him for what he was to do in his future. And I believe that God is wanting to communicate the exact same thing to you and I and the noise and the culture and the society that we are living in to bring us back in remembrance to the moment where everything changed for your life. He's stirring something within you. Now there's a thousand memories for all of us that we could go back to in our lives and see where God has interacted. I wanna look at two of them for you today. The first one is this, return to where you were saved. I remember February the 6th, 1997, you know, it, I'll never forget it. It was, a, it was a, the greatest moment of my life to where my eternity was forever changed. I went, I go back to that moment. It's where a line was drawn of my old life and my new life. In fact, I've said this many times, I'll never forget it. I was walking out of the door of that youth conference that evening. And, and when I mentioned there was a line drawn, literally, there was, I feel that there was a line drawn. I stepped up like this and something hit me and said, if you, if you go over this doorway, it'll be the last chance you have ever had to come to me. Change me forever. I turned right around and I went straight forward. I said, Lord Jesus, help me, you know? Only thing I could get out in that prayer was Jesus. And it changed my life forever. A line has to be drawn as a Christ follower and it has been drawn within our lives to what our old life and our new life. Watch this, 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, what? The new creation has come. The old is gone, praise God, right? And the new is here, thank you, Jesus. But when we forget about what God has saved us from, we actually kind of get pretty prideful. For some of us, it wouldn't hurt to remember and be reminded of what we used to be addicted to. The type of language maybe we used to use and say or who we used to associate ourselves with. That there is an old life over there and a new life over here. What does that do? It shows me what my identity is. It allows me to understand who I am and I am what? A child of God. Blood brought. Jesus Christ dying on a cross for my sins, why? So that I no longer have to live in this old life and now I can live in this new life. But you know what, Jesus, Jesus says something so true in John chapter 16, verse 33. He says this, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And we see here with Paul, he writes, the expression that Jesus' love has for us in Galatians chapter two. It says, I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. What does that mean? There's a line been drawn, the new life 
And over here is the old life. It goes on to say, the life I now live in the body, I live by faith. What am I doing? I'm trusting God. I don't know how all of this is going to play out. I don't know how it's all going to happen. But Lord, I'm trusting you. It says, in the Son of God, who loved me and what? Gave himself for me. Trust God. Why? Because he loves you. The cross, it was erected as a monument of his love that he has toward you. Here's the second thing that we can do. Return to where you were sent. Did you know you have a divine calling on your life? That's right, you. You are God's plan A for a problem located somewhere near you. You know, I always look at it this way. You know, I, I'm God's favorite. Until we met you. And you became God's favorite too. You know what I mean? And what does that mean? As long as I've got breath, God's got purpose for me. He wants, there's a reason why you are still here today. You see, for Jesus, the baptism ends and he's drying off, you know, and in the gospel of Matthew, the very next verse uh, in, in, of Jesus' baptism, we read this in Matthew 4, 1. Then Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Do you know that everywhere Jesus went, there was opposition, critics, comparisons all over the place. He would show up and his followers would say things like go to another place and family and neighbors. They would say these things or that thing. Jesus, why must it always be fish and loaves? Why is that what you're always providing? Jesus, why are we always on the outside being ministered to? Why are we never in the temple being ministered to? Jesus, why are you always healing those kind of folk and not our kind of folk, right? Everywhere Jesus went, there seemed to be opposition that followed. Watch this. Verse 39 in John chapter 10, the verse right before we kicked off our text, it reads this. And it's very important to understand. Once again, they tried to arrest him, but he got away and left them. What I want you to see there, highlight circle, is the words once again. What does that refer to? That implies that they have done this again and again before. Do you know the enemy only attacks those that he's truly afraid of? And he's fearful of Jesus in this moment. He knew what the future holds. He knew it was going to end for very badly. And so he's doing everything he can to bring distraction. Do you know he's doing the same thing in your life? I've heard people say before, man, it was a lot easier to live as a sinner than it was a, as, a, as a Christian. Because I feel like I go through a whole lot more problems now than I did back then. Well, you know, that might be so. Why? Because the enemy don't like you. He's doing everything to bring distraction and ruin God's plans in your life. And Jesus himself, it says again and again. What does that mean? Again and again. Once again, they tried to arrest him, but, they got a, but he got away and left them. For many of us, our purpose is seized right now because we have been so distracted with what's going on in the world that we're losing sight. One, that God still loves you. And number two, that he's got great purpose. We can't allow these distractions to stop what God is wanting to do through your life. Listen, when they tried to arrest him, the Bible says he was able to escape. And where did he go? He went back to where it all started. He went back to where it all began. I'm going to give you a personal testimony of my own life here for a minute. Some of you have actually heard this. 
If you did, act like you're hearing it for the first time again, okay? But several, uh, some time before I came here to be the youth pastor of this church, um, I had gone through a very trying season in life. Uh, a season I'm not proud of and, and I simply made decisions that I, I, I don't want anyone to do. And, um, you know, I remember one weekend I was, I was away and, and I was with some friends, I guess you could say, acquaintances, I guess. And, um, you know, the activities weren't anything that were to brag about. And it was a very disturbing weekend for me. And I remember on a Sunday morning, I decided to go back to the place I was staying. It wasn't a home. I was going back to the place I was staying. And as I was driving, I began to feel the conviction, the shame, the embarrassment. God, you must be so frustrated. And God, you just might just want to throw up your hands over my life. And I remember at first trying to just tune that voice out. You know what I'm talking about? Tune that voice out, tune that feeling out. Whatever, look what I've just been through. I deserve to have all this whatever. Yeah, I deserved it, all right, you know. And I'm driving, and as I'm going, getting closer and closer to where I was staying, it was like the more time, the more time I was spending alone, the more God was showing up in that, in that car. It was getting thick in there. You know what I'm talking about? Conviction, realizing this isn't the plan. This isn't the purpose that God has for my life. I've been so distracted by so much. I've allowed the enemy and believed his lies so much. And man, it got heavy. Next thing I know, tears are running down my face. And I often look back on that. And um, I, one, I remember, I'm always remind, I always think to myself, how in the world did I even get to where I was going? Because it was just, it was so, such an emotional moment for me. And as I'm driving, this name pops in my head, Pastor Stuart Farley. I knew this guy and I looked around and I was like, I'm near him. I'm near his church. And I looked at the time in my car, it was like 11 a.m. Around, around that time. And I was still a little ways off and I was like, I'm gonna to get to his church. I gotta to get to his church. I don't know why, I don't, I'm, I'm, my plan is I'm gonna sit in the back. I'm gonna sit there because I feel that's what God wants me to do and I'm gonna leave when we're done. And so I'm, I'm driving and it's just, it's getting heavier and heavier, more emotional moment for me. I'm just, I'm crushed right now. Not because God's crushing me, but he's showing love toward me. He's showing that he cares. And I, I, I couldn't get there fast enough. And I pull off the exit and I'm going down through the, through the, the town and, and uh, I get to his church and it's packed. It's a really large church. It's packed. Cars are all over the place in the parking lot. And I find a spot and I whip my, my little car in there and I get in, you know, I, I come out. And as I'm coming out, people are walking out the door. And I'm like, well, God, you blew it this time. You know, you want me to sit through a church service. Ain't nothing happening in here. Go in. All right. So I go in and I'm in the lobby and I go through the center door and I find a seat right in the back row, right next to the aisle. And the lights are all dim. You got the stage lighting, everything's dimmed down. And I go and I sit down and I go, I'm just going to sit here. I don't know why. I'm just going to sit here. And then we're going to leave. That's what I'm thinking. I'm going to leave. And the pastor 
it's like he was right here and he come here and I <laughs> he's like come here and I was like oh man and I look look like I wasn't dressed for church not that you know back then it was a little bit different now you look at me I wear tennis shoes you know all that stuff so anyway I'm walking down and and he just points sit there yes sir he knew me he knew my story he knew the season of life that I was in didn't know me well but believe me rumors fly everywhere you know what I'm talking about so I sat there and uh, he went about he left me like 30 minutes man I'm like what he's sitting there he's praying for people talking to his congregation He's pastoring and he's making me wait. And I sat there and I was just full of shame, full of just guilt, hurt, so many emotions. And um, he comes down, he gets, tells me to stand up and he embraces me. I instantly melted. And the only words I could get out was Jesus. Why do I say that? Because I remember February the 6th, 1997, when I gave my heart to Jesus Christ, I walked down a very similar aisle. I came to a very similar altar. There was a pastor there waiting for me. And when I got down there, he embraced me. And the only words that day I could get out were what? Jesus. Everything changed. It's, it's important to remember to remember where it all began, where it all started. Why? Because that propels us, gives us the strength we need, reels us back in, so to speak, gets us back in line with what God's purpose, plan, and will is, brings everything, what? Back to remembrance. Will you stand with me this morning? I had found what I had lost and I went back to where it all started. I don't know what that looks like for your life and where you are right now. Hey, listen, things might be going great and I hope they are, believe me. My prayer is that you remember this message later on when things aren't going so great because guess what? That is gonna happen. But maybe today you're here and you're hurting. You're hurting and you're wondering, where are you, God? I've done everything I could. I feel like everything's caving in, crashing in on me. I don't, I, I don't even wanna breathe. I said, remember, remember where it all began. Because where it all began is the moment where you are the most fresh in your relationship with Him. The Bible says we're in what? The grip of His grace. He's got a love that is absolutely unconditional. He has a bright future. As long as you've got breath in your lungs, he's got purpose for your life. He is not done with you. But maybe, maybe today you're here, you're watching us online, listening to us on the radio, and you don't know who this Jesus Christ is. You've not made a commitment. You know, the Bible says, for God so loved, I say this all the time, so loved the world. What does that mean? Listen, it wasn't just meant for those in the biblical time, those in the early church. It was meant for Pastor Kevin, February the 6th, 1997. It was meant for Pastor Kevin again to remember what God had done in his life as he's going through his journey. And it's the same for you. 
for this generation. It's for all the generations previously and it's for the generations to come. That what? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. If you bow your head and close your eyes with me this morning, maybe you don't know who this Jesus Christ is. Maybe you've not made that commitment. I wanna help you out. Today's the day. Today's the moment. Look, I'm gonna say a prayer with you. I'm gonna ask everybody to repeat it. It's about your heart. I'll never forget that moment. The only words twice in my life that I could ever get out were Jesus. Jesus. Today is the day of salvation for your life. Don't allow another wasting moment to go by without making the greatest decision that you could ever make. Let's pray this prayer together if you will. Lord Jesus, today I realize that I am a sinner. I ask you, Lord, to forgive me of those sins. Come into my heart. I accept you today as my Lord, my master, and my savior. From this day forward, lead me according to your will. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen, can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning? Amen. Nothing like it, nothing like it. But listen, 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 listen. Quite honestly, this, this message is about starting over. What does that mean? It's, it's, it's geared to us as Christ followers. I, I, again, I don't know the season that you're in in life. But for some of you, you need to be reminded of all that God has done. Salvation, healings, miracles, relationships, deliverances, closed doors, open doors. All of these are magnificent altars that we need to go back to and remember what God has done. Why? Because he's got a bright future ahead of you. He's not done with your life. You know, I love it this way. I'm not a citizen of this kingdom. I'm a citizen of his kingdom. Paul says it this way, that our, our life is mere, just a mere vapor, a mere vapor in relationship to what our eternity truly is. So I wanna pray with you today. Father, I love you. And God, I thank you for all of these. Those listening online or on the radio, here in person at the 830 service, God, help us, Lord, never to forget to remember. Remember what you have done. Going back to the place where it all began in our minds, in our hearts, where you changed us forever for an eternity. Those moments, Lord, where you spoke those promises into our lives. Those moments, God, where we saw your callings in our lives because, God, there's purpose for every one of us. Never let us forget it. Let us always trace our steps back and remember what you once did because you're gonna do it again and again and again in our lives. You've got a great future. You've got purpose for all of us. Never, Lord, allow us to lose grip of that. But know, Lord, that you are our rock. You are our foundation. And allow, Lord, your Holy Spirit to move us in the future that you have for our lives. So, Father, with that, we say we love you and we thank you. And, Lord, as the psalmist said, let the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight. 
O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church says, amen, amen. We love you guys. Have a great Sunday.